Yes, it's your old pal, the Crypt Keeper. Howdy, folks. I'm Sleazy B. Martini, entrepreneur extraordinaire. Hi, this is Doc Bradley. You're listening to Quality Time. This is Curtis Armstrong, and you're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time Podcast. And you're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time. The dangling thumb. And you're listening to Quality Time Broadcast. And they paid me Sounding, sounding sweet. Listen to, did you have a light that's shining at you? On, <laughs> I, I don't like your lighting. It's frightening looking. <laughs> I feel bright today. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry, you look like a, you look like you're starting a new cult. You know, I was just watching. I was just watching the Teletubbies. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like this. I don't like this. I don't story. like it either. I feel like By the way, I'm looking down on my little colored children in red and purple and blue and yellow, and they're all doing their little Teletubby dances for me. <laughs> oh my gosh. If you guys could see what Jeremy Woodworth looks like now, he has a weird LED spotlight on his face, and it's very it's alarming. Okay. Well, you know what we can do in the meantime? Welcome to Quality Time, everybody. We got another amazing episode underway. Uh, I'm your host, Eric Woodworth. I'm also joined, uh, first by my blood, my brother, Jeremy P. Woodworth. Jeremy, how are you in this? Why did you turn the light off? I liked the light on your face. I'm not Jeremy. Oh, I'm sorry. Who's joining us? I figure I'd join your thing. This is a Bruce Willis. Oh, Bruce Willis. Hey, from Moonlighting. <laughs> I'm Bruce Willis. Hey. I was I was sure you were going to do uh, Sir Ian Holm, and I'm a little disappointed that I didn't uh, get Sir Ian Holm today. I'm not Ian Holm. I'm Bruce Willis. Hey. <laughs> I was almost raped in Pulp Fiction. <laughs> That is true. You did almost you know, did almost get sexually assaulted in a film. I be at the camp. Hey, hey. <laughs> all right. And uh, that other sultry voice that you hear in the background is none other than the very lovely, the very talented Miss Ashley Pontius. How are you, Ashley? I'm good, Daddy. Great. We're here. It's another day. Um, I uh, oddly enough, tomorrow, uh, just a shout out to anybody who's listening to this today. You can hear me live on the Rob and Joe show as I'm filling in for Rob Mayer on the Rob and Joe show and missing Laugh Finder. So don't don't listen to my other podcasts. You can listen to me on another podcast. (laughs) I already already shared the song with Rob, but I asked him to not share it with anybody else. Oh, yeah. Do you think he's going to play it? Well, he's not going to be on. Oh, the show. you're talking about not Robbie. You're just Rob. Rob proper. Yeah. Okay. I should share it with Robbie and ask him not to share it, but who knows? I'll I'll bring I'll bring it with me. I'll be in studio 
And by the, in studio, I mean at Gramps's house, watching him. Uh, probably, you know, what? I'm gonna have some Crown Royal with Gramps tomorrow. It'll be fun. Are you gonna get a picture doing the puzzle? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I think we can put it all together. But Joe will be there, so he'll be he's be in on the bit. You know, can't do yeah. it. But uh, I am excited. You know, it's a new week uh, for me. I did the last day of my my old job. I start a new life t- uh, on Tuesday. I'm very excited about that. Um, yeah. A whole new job. They gave me ten more thousand dollars, and now I am this much here from poverty. It feels really good that I'm fucking doing that. I, that's all I got. So you were close to poverty. I said I'm this much further from poverty. Yeah, that's I it. know, I know, Jeremy. Trust me, I felt the same thing. I was like, <laughs> Eric singing about poverty. That's hilarious. I was <laughs> more money than me. I was uh I was impoverished for a long long time in my early 20s and mid 20s. I remembered going to Ocean City and then overdrafting $400 worth of fees because my boss didn't put my check in that week. I live I've lived that life. That's a fun that's a fun life. <laughs> um I don't know. I thought Jeremy was going to say something, so we'll just have dead air, I guess. Um, so now- Jeremy, we're starting a separate group chat. <laughs> what am I? Am I officially the bourgeoisie to you guys now? Are you guys revolting against me? Jeremy, I'll send you a gif in our group chat later. Eric's Ooh, not man. invited. He's not poor enough. <laughs> I don't. I'm cool. Look at these ripped jeans I bought at Old Navy. That shows that I'm hip like the kids. It's sorry. Like, it's, I can't talk about my brother because he's carried my ass for so many years now. It's like uh, all I can say is thanks. So, Jeremy, well, what do you, what do you do when you're poor but you carry the emotional burden of the show? Hmm. The best part the best part is that my my brother never throws it back in my face like my wife. Like every time she buys groceries, spend a hundred dollars on groceries today. I'm like. Well, that's great. That's great. I'm glad you're you're buying things, darling. Really? You know what I bought today, Jeremy? What? I splurged and bought prebiotic soda to help me poop right. <laughs> Get you to help your butthole. Yeah. <laughs> it's strong. It's- Ashley, would you like to cut? Would you like to cut a um? Uh, maybe a, a, an ad for this probiotic soda that you're drinking. I could throw some, uh, throw some background music on it. Yeah, go for it. Uh, hold on. Gonna cue this up. All right, yeah, go ahead. Hit, hit it from the top. Do you have trouble pooping like I do? Too much? Too little? Try Olipop because plop, plop, fizz, fizz. Oh, what the diarrhea is. <laughs> <laughs> Use the promo code wet ash if you'd like to save twenty percent on your next purchase. <laughs> Normally our broadcast is brought to you by Emodium, but now we're going with Olipop. So Yeah. It's uh plant powered. So that means that no animals were harmed in preventing my diarrhea. <laughs> but they were literally shit on, so Gosh. Hey, we don't do animal testing anymore. I only wipe with non-animal products now. I'm not using rabbits anymore. I'm not using puppies. 
Just you know, you the idea of a whole a whole nest of just shit covered rabbits that you're hoarding. <laughs> hey, look, they reproduce really quickly. Every day, I've got a new batch of bunnies to wipe my badusi with. <laughs> hey, you know what I didn't run out of in the pandemic? All this fucking shit covered rabbits didn't see me and, running. And it is environmentally friendly. You wipe, you wash them, meaning you can reuse them. And you can also eat them and then get diarrhea all over again. It's the circle of life. Da, 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 da. And it moves. Oh, man. Yeah. Disgusting. I, I, I actually went to uh, NPR and really learned something last week. And it was all about the South. Oh, okay. Apparently in the South, they weren't too bright. And they figured out why they weren't too bright, and that was because of ringworm. Ew. And they, and they figured, uh, why are people getting ringworm? Oh, because they shit in the same place, and then um, they walk without any shoes on there, and the ringworm gets on them, and they get ringworm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So somebody got smart. What if you bury your shit? So you're not walking on your shit. You won't get ringworm. And then they realize, oh, ringworm, they can they can crawl about six feet. <laughs> but barrier. Oh, but if they bury the, the hole deep enough six feet, it's like an outhouse, and you won't get ringworm. <laughs> Just the genius. Just the genius. Like, technology that's been around for, like, thousands of years, like, don't shit and walk in your shit and number two actually bury your shit so i just imagine like for some reason like uh a movie about the south with like dennis hopper you know we reanimate him he's just like <laughs> pop quiz hot shot you shit and it's only three foot deep you ain't got no shoes on what do you do is that just I guess just get well, ringworm. Actually, what a lot of people don't realize is the hidden Disney movie "Song of the South" is actually all about me taking a shit and when I sing in the bathroom while I do it. Hell yeah! I I always like to sing a lot of Pet Benatar when I'm when I'm growing a tail. I'm like, we're so for better. Ah! Really pinching off a loaf can be hard. Music soothes the soul. Oh, it's about Pat Benatar taking a dump. So I do. I do as well. I do as well. Pat Benatar. Sorry. <laughs> we can't afford plush. Sorry. Paper. Love is a train set. That's by Pat Benatar. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, but actually, that still fits. Love is a battlefield where you need to learn to bury your shit. So it goes all back to the South. There we go. Just, full circle. All right. We did it. Huh? There. Best thing about love is a battlefield. Her dad is actually um, uh, Nathan Arizona from Raising Arizona. So Oh, I wouldn't know what love is like because I've never felt it, but... <laughs> Oh, man. But hey, listen, you're going to find that one Southern gent that actually wears shoes and has only a little ringworm. And then you'll finally know what it's like to sing the song of the South. 
I am the ringworm, okay? <laughs> I latch on to you. You think everything's going fine. And then six months later, you're wondering why well, you're not feeling that great and you're losing money. It's me. I've been feeding off you. Look, you're going to find that right guy that you finally fall in love with. And he's just going to destroy your heart. And you're finally going to find a good reason for suicide. So, yeah. I mean, I'm just trying to help. Jeremy, hate to break this to you. Been there, done that. 2020 was great. Anyway, I uh, I'd like to throw out just a couple of things. The couple of some media I've consumed in the last uh, since the last podcast, and one we didn't get to mention last time that you've seen, Ashley. Uh, Antlers. God, what a great film yeah. Antlers was. Uh, I highly recommend. As um, Jer- Jeremy's showing me his. Uh, uh, koozie on our audio platform that says real men use duct tape okay so uh jeremy antlers is a fucking 10 out of i actually i don't give it a 10 out of 10 i give it a solid 8 out of 10 ashley i think would say like it's a 9 am i right on that one that would be correct so is this well to the disney's ant movie no, no, it uh, it's a movie produced by the great uh, Guillermo del Toro, and it's a uh, it's about Wendigos. Uh, but man, it is a fucking it is a solid horror flick, uh, monster mm-hmm. movie. Because honestly, Guillermo del Toro is the only person who does like modern monster movies now, right? Like, th- I'm not saying horror movies, right? Like, but actual like monster well- monster monster movies. Well, if I'm not mistaken, he didn't direct this. He was the producer. Produced, correct. If I'm not mistaken. But that's why I think I liked this more. Um, No offense to Guillermo, but some of his stuff is not horror enough for me. It's usually like weird love stories where it's like this chick wanting to fuck a fish man. And I'm like, okay, whatever. But Antlers, I I like. I loved Aquaman. (laughs) I'm like, I'm the only one who should have eggs that need fertilized. Anyways, so I liked Antlers because it was super gory. I thought it was phenomenally gory, which I don't get enough in Guillermo's movies. Um, I thought it was a very well-done story, phenomenal casting. I don't know. I mean, Pan's Labyrinth, pretty gory, right? There's some good gore. No, it is. Pan's Labyrinth is a beautiful movie, but it's also more of an artsy piece, if we're being honest, in my opinion. It's it's a little on the artsy fartsy side for me. Well, I think I I like Pan's Labyrinth. It's almost to the goodies. Yeah, no, I get what you're saying, but like I think it's also like a, a Guillermo del Toro joint, if I could use that phrase. Is his his more inspiration is probably from like the classic age of horror films, like the 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 Wolfman, the creature from the Black Lagoon, that type. Correct, where- but again, remember you're touching on a lot of movies he himself directed. This is one that he was strictly the right. producer on. So I'm I'm saying like I think I liked this more because I don't really fuck with his shit. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. I, I, I love the strain. Uh, the oh, strain. the strain is a great show. That is pretty good too. So Agreed. I'm looking at I'm gonna see who is the actual director. That's Scott Cooper, who uh actually directed this. And Scott Cooper Young, born in 1970. Oh, he's got some, uh, you know what else he did? God, this guy's got some great films under his thing. Hey, he only directed Crazy Heart, <laughs> uh, 
uh, with, um, he also directed Black Mass and uh, out, oh. of the, out of the Furnace. So and Hostiles. Oh. Wow. Uh, okay, so he, you know what? That's interesting. So he's not really a traditional horror director, but he's definitely a dark thriller, yeah. very dark drama director. So again, probably why I liked this a lot too. But yeah, there is some. Um, without giving away too much spoilers, that when you get to see the monster transform the first time oh oh shit it is fucking like damn that's fucking awesome yeah uh, i will say my only thing and i've talked about ashley without spoiling it the the ending it left me a little popcorn farty that's the only thing i'll say um it was a little bit of a and then i was like I mean, I guess, <laughs> but but everything else is so good that it's it, it's a high. I highly recommend it. It's really good. Why movie. does that sound like me after bad sex? I'm like, oh, I had sex, but that ending was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it would have been nice if it was longer than three minutes, but you know, hey, it's <laughs> nice after sex. I didn't have to towel off my face of all that time. So. <laughs> Jerry, that always happens to you, man. No, it's so unnecessary. It's good for your skin. Yeah, I guess that's what they tell me at the at the glory hole. Uh, uh, the other movie I just want to throw a quick shout out to that I really enjoyed last week: "The Harder They Fall." Uh, God, I really. It's on Netflix. It's a new uh, new movie on Netflix. Uh, uh, all all black cast cowboy movie uh, that somehow avoids the N-word, I'm surprised. It doesn't get uttered once in the film. Uh, and the violence in it is, uh, honestly, probably the most violent cowboy movie I've ever watched in my life in terms of just sheer gore. Like, it makes Django Unchained look like uh, uh, the fucking uh, the Goonies, right? It is... It is highly violent and very well acted. Like the sixth actor on the bill is still like, oh, like, oh, I recognize that guy. He's really good. And like, and so top to bottom, great movie. Highly recommended if you want to watch some good old cowboy western uh, with lots of blood and gore. So uh, I wanted to give a very, very horrible, horrible update this week. Okay. Um, uh, this really just brings the show just down to the, the level of disgust and and horror in real life. Okay. Yeah. Uh, John Link is still on ice this week after being dead for a week. Uh, the, uh, wait, so John he's actually Link. dead this time? He's dead. No, so, he so died, sorry, but... died uh, last Sunday uh, from his bed okay. scars. Uh, just oh. in case I didn't update you guys. Well, we uh, weren't. I know there was. We weren't sure at the time, right? You were like, I think he is, but we he was, weren't. He was. He was pretty much done, and his uh, legs were pretty much dead. So they were going to have to be amputated if he lived. Uh, and also, he was. Uh, he already had a death rattle, even when uh, my friend uh, visited him that night. But the worst thing is. His scumbag brother, who scraps and, and filled his bed with scraps so he couldn't even sleep, refused to actually visit him after he died this week. Because why? Oh, oh, he had to go scrapping. Oh, and, and, and he has to make a decision because he's the decision maker, whether to cremate him or to put him in a burial plot, which he definitely has money to put him in a burial plot, which is already paid for right by his father. And he refuses to do so because he's a scumbag. Literally mm -hmm. the worst scum 
on the world. And the worst thing is <laughs> my buddy Edward called him out on Facebook and just said what a scum he was. And I was like, I, I made a comment. That's the definition of scum. And I looked down the comments. Linnea Quigley's like, yeah, definitely scum. I'm like, yes. Oh, Linnea. Even Linnea Quigley is shitting on him. Wow. Oh, no, just in case I didn't tell you guys, there's a movie that'll never come out from like maybe 10 years ago. I think it was called Witch's Blood, or and it's not Witch's Blood. That's a Ryan Nazer film. Uh, not the movie I thought we were talking about. <laughs> no, it's 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 called uh, Erotic the Erotic Witch, which John Link had a part in, where he actually does a nude sex scene with Linnea Quigley that'll never oh. come out. <laughs> with, with these sores, I thee wed. Oh, very nice. Well, I. <laughs> R.I.P. John Link. Uh, and now, is, do you think John Link's brother, uh, the the scumbag scrapper, is is he going to get filed? Are there are charges going to be filed against him? Does there he need to be removed? Need to be at this point because he is literally, he's been threatened to actually do the right fucking thing, which is actually make make a choice. And this is the same scumbag who wouldn't turn off the machines on Sunday when he was pretty much already dead. And, and he literally told the doctors, make him well. And there's only one reason why he even wants him well is because he can see, keep getting his paychecks, keep getting his government paychecks. Otherwise, he doesn't get that. To I got to be honest. It's the only reason I keep Eric alive. <laughs> that is true. I've uh, It's part of Ashley's signing bonus to the show is that if I'm on life support, she gets a uh, power of attorney. Uh, little does she know, I've hidden cyanide capsules all without my body on a time release delay. <laughs> <laughs> well, there goes one. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh, it's good. It's good time. Now, Ashley, I'm sorry. Before Jeremy dove us into the dark realm of John Link, you were saying something. I don't. We'd like. I'd like to revisit that. Um. All right, we I, forgot I, it. Cool. I, I okay. Okay. Um. Well. Uh. Without that. Now, Jeremy. Before we, I see that you wrote a song for today's movie. Am I to assume this is about? somebody's uh, uh wardrobe in the movie that we're yeah, talking I guess about like quarter of the way in or a tenth of the way in before we uh well how about why don't we talk about the actress who's wearing that we play we play this i think that's probably i have not listened to this song i can just guess by the title so well, give 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 it a tenth of the way through the movie so well we're not we're not doing a traditional movie scene by scene we're just going to go over stuff the actors and crap like that but i can tell you that today we're going over the uh a great you know a fun film for fans giving uh do you remember who suggested this one to us miss ashley i do that oh. would be yeah that would be one of jeremy's Yes, Jeremy. Uh, who, yeah. who who's our fans giving? Who we're giving a fans giving shout out to here? Yeah, uh, I, I I'm I'm forgetting his first name, and I'm going through my uh my chat really quick. But he asked for it at least three four months ago. His name is Stan Kordansky. All right, Stan Kordansky. All right, shout out Stan. He and his wife are very much big fans. Uh, definitely listen to probably almost every episode. All right. uh, Monster Mania, and he reminded me of who he was because I'm horrible with remembering anybody, even my own mother. So, whatever her name is. 
<laughs> well, I'm excited. I remember this film. It came out at a cool, pivotal time of my adolescence. 1997's The Fifth Element. Uh, really fun movie. I also like this song. I always was blown away by the... Ooh, oh, 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 oh. It kind of sounds like the uh, the video last year from Eurovision. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I was going to say, I was just like, you know, they, they went with this song, but uh, the, the backup song, Jeremy, that they almost used was this. <laughs> so, shout outs to, I like the choice that they went for, for the uh, the diva dance here. Um, no, this uh, this movie actually came out in 97, but uh, was directed and written by uh, uh, Luc Besson, uh, a French French guy. And if you're not familiar with Luc Besson's work, uh, you've definitely have probably seen one of his movies or uh, uh, or at least seen a movie that he's written. Uh, he's directed movies like La Femme Nikita, uh, as recently uh, 2017's Lucy. Uh, my personal favorite of his, uh, Leon the Professional, uh, is one of my favorite films where you also can see um, the actor um, uh, Gary Oldman in that film as well uh who will be not a fan of the uh the uh, professional but i really like the movie leon leon the professional <laughs> okay gotcha i hate french people they're just the worst <laughs> but <laughs> by the way uh by the way leon's a better movie because it's that much more pedophile in it so 10 percent more pedophilia um so the you might also know him, though, from some of his other work that he's done just as a writer. Like, if you've seen a modern action movie, he's probably written it. He wrote uh, Taken and all of the subsequent sequels to it, as well as the Transporter uh, franchise. So, a lot it of good Makes a work. lot of sense. It, the French do a lot of stealing, a lot of abduction. They're not good people. <laughs> so, sure that all French are sexy, just like... Uh, um, Gerard Depardieu. Oh, Gerard I'm Depardieu. <laughs> I'm gonna say you're wrong, Jeremy. You know why? I'm half French, and look at me. I'm like a bloated baguette. It is not a good look. Nope. The thing I remember, blonde. It's all good. I remember, <laughs> I saw. Uh, the only thing I really know about Gerard Depardieu is uh, I had uh, I, I I remember stealing one of my my dad's Hustler magazines years ago, and in the articles apparently Larry Flint really hated Gerard Depardieu, and he hired people to somehow get nude photos of him, and there's a picture I've just there was like the most unflattering small dick picture of Gerard yeah. Depardieu that was in there <laughs> and I was like oh what are you wearing it was horrible uh, I don't like that at all can I can I do part of that interview yes yes please I can't stand Gerard Depardieu <laughs> he's just disgusting when I have five prostitutes pooping on me <laughs> There's nothing worse about thinking about Gerard Depardieu. He's just vile. Oh, man. God, who invited Mama Fratelli? (laughs) If you want to come to some of my penthouse bars around America, 
I'll be in my wheelchair. That'd be the spilling outside of the side of my mouth. <laughs> so, uh, now at the time when this movie came out, it was the most expensive movie ever produced outside of Hollywood. Uh, most expensive uh, expensive production in uh, Gamont's history at eighty million U.S. dollars. Uh, the visual effects budget for the movie was the highest of its time, uh, and I think that's pretty evident. Um, like watching it, I mean, for a nineteen ninety seven movie, I felt like a lot of the special effects still like very much held up for today. Um, well, Eric, I would say that there was a decent amount of, in some ways, practical effects, right? Like when we talk about yeah. some of the costumes and what was done, um, I would say there was a decent amount of practical makeup and stuff like that or animatronics that worked really well. So I would agree. I would agree with that. I yeah, uh, it was funny when I was when I was reading about the making of it. So uh, one of the the big cityscapes that you see of New York City, uh, that's actually that they built um, all of that to scale uh, at like one twentieth scale. So all those skyscrapers are actually twenty foot tall buildings that they build um, all the way down to the ground level. So that whole set took I think uh, um, eighty workers and it took them over five months to build everything and they said like every little detail you see in the windows and everything all hand done by uh folks over a uh i think it was like a three to five month period and uh some of the buildings uh that they made weighed up to like 500 pounds of this like just massive set that they built uh miniature set so very pretty cool um now one of the main um uh, uh, inspirations for this work because you can see a lot of it is cartoonist Jean-Claude Mezares. Uh, um, now, Luc Besson approached him for his ideas, telling him, I want to make a movie based on your visuals and I'm, all, I'm actually ready to pay you for the work. Now, this is a shot um, at at the Star Wars saga because several aliens uh, including Darth Vader's costume, Leia's gold bikini and Han Solo in Carbonite were lifted almost unmodified out of uh, his comic book Valerian um, which uh, George Lucas uh, basically just ripped all of those visuals directly from that and never paid him a cent for so yeah god i love men in the arts it's great <laughs> the other main inspiration and i think this one's really clear is uh mobius gerard uh you probably know him best at stateside for another movie that we did heavy metal so a lot of good mm-hmm. uh inspirado uh from uh, all these just, weird french uh, cartoonists I, I love Harry Canyon in this movie, by the way. He's great as the taxi driver. Yeah, yeah. The, well, it's funny you mentioned the taxi driver. Um, you know, that, that's obviously um, um, uh, Bruce Willis's character in this movie. Now, one of the... Uh, one of the signatures of a Luc Bessard film is that every movie he has a taxi driver in it in some way, shape or form every single movie. And that was because, uh, his father was apparently a taxi driver and would work. That was his second job and he'd work nights. So every, every movie he has includes a taxi driver as one of the characters somewhere in the movie. So interesting little fun tidbit there. Taxi driver is also one of my favorite movies, especially when, uh, Jim is looking in the mirror. He's like, "You talking to me? I'm the only one here. You talking to me? <laughs> so this Okey is doke. <laughs> so that was, so that was uh, Christopher 
<laughs> uh, oh God, I can't remember his last name. Christopher, Christopher Lloyd playing, uh, playing in the movie Taxi Driver. Lord Lord, Lord Kruge in in uh, in Taxi Driver. So. Okay, fair enough. Or or when I have to take a taxi to get to Planned Parenthood, I call it Baby Driver. <laughs> uh so let's let's go be somebody's only night a portion tonight yeah <laughs> so mila jolovich uh uh is is one of the main cast members who plays lilu in this movie the perfect fifth element uh now oddly enough the actress they actually wanted for this part but the studio would not allow was elizabeth berkeley uh elizabeth berkeley you may or may not know uh as uh jesse spano from uh saved by the bell but also probably more infamously known as the star of showgirls uh and this had just come out in 1995 and because that movie was such a flop the studio would not touch elizabeth berkeley and allow her to have this role uh i don't think she would have been as good if i'm being honest i do think mia jovovich did a great job on this role yeah i thought she did too uh one interesting thing that I, uh, as I was reading about this, is that so that weird language that she speaks when they first find her, uh, which is called the divine language, is an actual language that the director uh, and writer Luke Bassard wrote. And uh, because I guess Mila Jolovich is bilingual, or she's like quad quadlingual, she knows like four languages fluently. She actually learned how to speak this divine language, and then would have full conversations with him, who's the only other person who knows how to speak it, and that's how she would practice all of her, uh, all of her lines and stuff that she had to nail. And I'd say that there is only one divine language, and that's called Balmerese. Balmerese. She's like, you know, uh, Luke, I know we wanted to use this divine language, but I was watching this movie Hairspray the other day, and I was just... <laughs> I don't agree with anything you guys are saying. I'm sorry. The only divine language is Java and sometimes C++. Blasphemies. If you go and talk blasphemies about Balmer and about divine, I ain't going to be part of this podcast anymore. Hey, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Calm down. I can't understand anything you're saying. I'm Bruce Willis. I'm Balmers. (laughs) If you can't understand English, then I'm going back to Dundalks tonight. Ooh, uh, yeah. Big boom. We get it. Yeah. Kaboom. Um, (laughs) One funny part, though, is that uh, Bruce... Bruce Willis had never uh, that scene where she drops into the taxi cab after she's reanimated. Uh, she uh, she drops in through that ceiling and she's speaking to him in this weird divine language. That whole scene is an ad lib scene with Bruce Willis because he didn't understand anything that she was saying at all. So all of that, what happened out of that was just a, a fun little ad libbed moment that was set up. Mm-hmm. Eric, can I tell you that believe it or not, that is the average conversation that a woman has with a man on every given day. <laughs> oh, you know that scene when uh, Bib Fortuna is talking to Luke and he's like, hey, I want to talk to Java. He's like, oh, Java, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to take me Java now. Oh, blah, 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 blah. And then he's like, 
Oh, uh, okay. And then you're going to be rewarded. All right. Yeah. So, you know, it's me. It's me all the time. I'll be like, Hey, treat me like a person. And the man's like, I don't know what crazy language you're speaking. I can't understand you. I'm like me person. He's like, no, what? <laughs> More of Ashley's meaningless poetry. God. <laughs> hey, most women don't even speak Monty Python in the Holy Grail. So. Ew, yeah. Um, uh, you're going to get more than a flesh wound. <laughs> So uh, the uh, <laughs> the other fun part about uh, so Mila, I thought definitely hammered this out. Now, uh, Jeremy, you you'd written uh, I think a song about some of her wardrobe when she came out uh, and, and is reanimated. Oh, it's just a general love song. It has nothing to do with wardrobe. Okay, you know, that's how you want to set it up. I'm going to play it now. Then here we go. It on heaven's door. It's not the way she talked, baby. No, it's not your orange hair. That sad look in your eyes when you say, Help me. Destroy worlds, yeah. It's the way that you wear your tape, baby. <laughs> Just covering up of your boobs, your boobs, yeah. It's the way, the way you wear your tape, yeah. Some might call them. Bandages. <laughs> the way you wear your tape with your boobies hanging out underneath, yeah. The way you wear your tape. With no mysteries really to keep you here And then you jump off a building Into my cab Almost gonna give it up to the police But no I gotta find out What's under that tape Electrical tape. Okay. Wow. All right. You know, it would be fun, Jeremy. Who's the, uh, what's the one, um, uh, uh, Star Wars bounty hunter that's covered in tape? His name evades me. Would that be Dengar with his bad head wrapper? Yeah. Dengar. (laughs) What if he was like, Dengar is, uh, Lilu's uncle? Which, by the way, you know she's fully shaved. Because can you imagine trying to take that off with a full carpet? Ugh, yeah. Ouch. 
You're like, why do you wear so much tape? You're like, tape, these are nair strips. Whoa! <laughs> I, I hate to say one of my favorite times at Coco Lane was the girl that came in for Halloween dressed as Lilo. And I felt kind of nervous. I'm like, hope my wife doesn't see this. And then she like lifted her leg to get the picture taken with me. I was like, wow! <laughs> 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 well very good i'm glad you held it together jeremy very very nice of you um so i never saw pictures i'm still married uh bruce bruce willis obviously is our our next major casting choice here who's playing corbin dallas uh now the only other person that was uh uh considered for this role was uh they didn't think they could get bruce willis because uh but they were lucky he came off of two flops one of them being hudson hawk which was poorly received right before this and uh, they were like, uh, he said, you know, I don't know if you could do it. He's like, well, you know, if the script's good enough, I'll do it. So he, he read it and immediately took that job. And I think for the best, it kind of revitalized Bruce Willis into from here into the 2000s. And now he is literally phoning in shit because I watched a Bruce Willis movie on Netflix. I don't even remember what it's called, but it was God fucking dog shit awful. Um, it's it's real. It was not good. And he just keeps making diehards and he needs to relax. We were done after three. Okay. Anyway, um, now <laughs> the Jean Reno, uh, in case you guys don't know, is uh, the guy who played Leon uh, from uh, the movie The Professional, known stateside. Uh, very. And when, they, when they thought about casting him, you're like, oh, shoot, Mila Jovovich is way too old to play Lilo. Yeah. So, uh, uh, you also have, uh, Sir Ian Holm is in this movie and I think it's important to note that this Ian Holm who plays, uh, uh, the Cornelius, the, um, the priest in this movie uh, that knows all about the five elements. Uh, I think it's funny because this is the second sci-fi movie with Ian Holm where he also has a character he stars alongside named Dallas. So, oh yeah. Uh, how about that for Good a little point. tidbit? Um, uh, now here's my, probably my favorite casting before we get to the great Gary Oldman. I, I, I need to mention Chris Tucker in this movie. Now, Chris Tucker, whew, he plays Ruby road, uh, <laughs> Ruby rod. And I have to say probably the most groundbreaking performance by a person of color in the nineties that I could ever say. Now, listen, not only does he play a, turbo effeminine man probably dare i say the first uh they there uh uh actor uh in in a film in a major motion picture now you're not you're not you're gonna you're make me walk that one back ashley well i'm just i'm just saying for person of color maybe but um i'm sorry Gary Oldman absolutely looks like every non-binary person I've ever met. <laughs> also, so. hey, but th this isn't the most groundbreaking part of his role. He's not only that, he plays a super feminine guy, but also still is a black guy that actually eats pussy. And that is in the movie, uh, which is, that's the most groundbreaking. I was like, okay, can we be realistic about this fifth element? He, he is... <laughs> He is Space Prince. Yeah, yeah. I, it's funny. That was the, uh, the both Prince was actually considered as the first choice for this role. They actually wanted Prince to play this part. So, which would have been it just, it is, 
It is good to see a man in touch with his feelings who actually eats pussy. Let him be gay. I don't give a shit. If you're telling me gay men can eat <laughs> pussy like that, baby, I'm switching. <laughs> yeah. Now, I, uh, remember, I remember hating this movie so bad just because of Chris Tucker. And I was really? like, gosh, you know, this movie makes like RuPaul look like, like fucking Ving Rhames. I swear. <laughs> it's oh gosh. I also it, it, took me, it took me so long to even just to palate make make Chris Tucker palatable to, to be able to handle it. But after all these gay movies I made, hey, it's all good. So yeah. So uh, now now Chris Tucker also gets to star side uh, uh, Tom Lister Jr. in the second time. Obviously, those two were together in uh, uh, Friday before this movie. Great film. Um, but I, I like that Tom Lister Jr. is President Lindbergh in this movie. That Debo is the president of the world is my favorite casting choice in this film, hands down. Was this before? Every time- no, it was after. It was, this was after Friday. Really? Wow. Well, every time I see him, I say this literally all the time because he does come up for us a lot. Every time I see him, I get excited because I don't give a shit about wrestling. But he was in Dracula 3000, which is Dracula in space. And he ends the movie by picking up a fembot and fucking the shit out of her. And then the the spaceship explodes. That's it. Hell yeah. And yeah it's terrible because then by then he's got the Tommy Simbazo eye and it just kind of trying to like escape off the side of his head and I just love that hell yeah you know I met met Debo like 10 years ago and I was like oh wow cool Debo you know I mean I even remember him in sublime videos back in the day and I remember he wanted just a little bit more than normal celebrities he wanted like $30 for like a picture autograph it's like and eh, not that big of a fan. I really, I think a missed opportunity in this movie would be like, okay, so the evil is headed to destroy Earth, right? And President uh, Lindbergh isn't doing a good job, so they start to they start to move on impeachment proceedings of him, and then just out of nowhere, Chris Tucker comes in and he just goes, he's like, "How you gonna get a piece on your day off, man?" <laughs> like that, <laughs> and I think that was just a missed opportunity uh, in the actually, movie. Actually, Eric, you make a great point. I'm actually on board with you where they start to do impeachment proceedings and then you just hear the alien screaming, show us your birth certificate. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. So, uh, Obviously, now that we finally made it to the great Gary Oldman, who actually took this role without even reading the script, because uh, Luc Besson had financed uh, his movie re- uh, like right before this called uh, "Nil by the Mouth" or or "Nil by Mouth." Um, and when he's when people have asked him about this movie, he's like, "What do you think of the Fifth Element?" He's just like. I fucking hate this movie. I can't watch it. He, he he says it's his least personal, least favorite movie he's ever been in. He doesn't like anything that he did in it, and he tries not to mention it ever. So, But this is the same man that played Winston Churchill? Yes, yes. This is the same, same guy. Same fella. He was just like, oh, yeah, I was in The Professional. I love that movie. This one was a big Stevie Hogg pile of trash in his opinion but i i love i personally love gary oldman as the uh turbo rich zorg uh leader of the corporation that owns like half of the world 
But wait a minute, Eric, wasn't Gary Oldman also in a movie I told you about called Tiptoes about midgets? Yeah, yeah, he's he's the same one. This is still his least favorite role he's ever played. Now, I I do think the funniest part about he so he was asked what what were your inspirations for the movie? So he said, Luke Besson described Zorg to me with these words, dandy, nouveau riche and Hitler. (laughs) So uh, and he took that and he said the two major things, his inspirations when he was drawing on the character Zorg was uh, uh, Bugs Bunny. If he met if he was also Ross Perot. Uh, so he's Ross Perot, huge major influence on the fifth element. So there you go. Jeremy, what do you think about that? Ross Perot being the inspiration for Gary Oldman here. Jeremy's putting back on his headphones. He's back. Bro. Yeah. Ross Perot being the, uh, the, the inspiration for Gary Coleman's or Gary Oldman's character. Ross, Ross Perot. What a great, great, great politician he got bill clinton elected great i like uh, hey the the best part is is for some reason i feel like ross perot would be a guy that like you could hang out with and he would go hey let me ask you a question can i take a look at your penis (laughs) and like i would just and i'd be like sure ross there you go Um, i want to hang out with bob dole because he goes to bed early He's great to play ring toss if you ever want to throw things at a pencil in some guy's hand. So. <laughs> ah, it's Bob Dole. Uh, I don't even know if I know Bob Dole, what he actually sounds like. I only know what uh, him mostly through Norm MacDonald's impersonation of him. Like, I know that Bob Dole in, more. <laughs> he would talk in third person. It's what they made fun of him the most during his campaigns. He'd be like, Bob Dole won't stand for this. Bob Dole won't do that. And they're like, you know, you're Bob Dole, right? Do you know that? <laughs> that's, that's why I like him. I like Bob. He reminds me of my pop pop. I like Bob Dole because I feel like the entire movie Grand Torino is about poor Bob Dole. <laughs> like, <laughs> like he's just like Bob Dole's not going to take these Asians standing in his lawn. <laughs> I think Bob Dole is the best on the real world. So. <laughs> Uh, now, a couple other notable actors in this movie, at least two more. Uh, we have uh, actually billed on like the front of the movie uh, is Luke Perry, who obviously in the 90s, like mid to late 90s, still kind of a hot property because of 90210. He literally has under 100 words and he's only in the first scene of the movie. I know he is dead. May he rest in peace. But... I do not understand the appeal, looking back now, of women who would cream their jeans for him. I'm like, I don't understand. He's shaped like a thermometer. Like, I don't <laughs> get the appeal. He's the poor man's, um, uh, what's his name, um, from uh, 21 Jump Street, that guy. 
Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp. Okay. Poor man's Johnny Depp. No, I don't know. He doesn't have, first I of all, think... no, hold on one second. Uh, he, the, fucking Luke Perry never wore enough bracelets to even scratch the surface of a Johnny Depp. Okay. This, Johnny Depp is 90% scarves at this point. He doesn't even, he's not even a person. He's like Oogie Boogie from fucking The Nightmare Before Christmas. If you just pull one scarf, he'll start unwinding like a mummy. <laughs> Aww, that's so bad. Um, no, so look, Luke Perry, I think, looks more like an underbaked Ryan Reynolds. Okay, I see that. That's good. Yeah, like yeah. one that needed to be in there in the weight room for like another four months. Yeah, I can you see that. You took him out. I'd really, of, like to have of a, I'd really like to have a sponsorship with Mint, Mint Phones, Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. There you go. Sorry. He also makes terrible gin. Ugh, yeah. Hey, have you ever seen their commercials where, uh, what's his name? Uh, Ryan Reynolds uh, and Hugh Jackman do commercials for the other's thing. And just yes. Hugh Jackman just shits on the gin for like five minutes. <laughs> it's one of the best things if you ever want to watch it. I love it. it. I would be tag teamed by both of them. <laughs> Now, speaking of tag teams, glad you mentioned this because Luke Perry, I will say, as uh, I never really enjoyed many of his movies, though, shout out, best Luke Perry movie he's in, definitely Buffy the Vampire Slayer, just to put that out there. Um, but uh, he was a really great father, so much so that uh, he uh, is is part of... Uh, he's basically entwined a little bit in wrestling history. His son, Jack Perry, who is actually currently an AEW wrestler known as Jungle Boy, um, he came to like every one of uh, Jack Perry's like independent like wrestling shows and he is like a tiny guy and wasn't really big but you could just see luke perry every time he was like that's my boy right there that's jungle boy and he would do he would take him to everything and now he is a legit uh professional wrestler with aew who's actually doing pretty well so uh shout outs to luke perry just being a great dad that's a really interesting point eric because now i feel like Tom Hanks, if he would have actually supported his son's career, he might have been a good rapper. Oh man, I listen. There's part of me. At first, I hated uh, fucking Chad Hanks, but he has grown on me like a mold that I can't. I don't want it off me. I just keep scratching it. Uh, like I'm hoping he hooks up with the fucking those Island Boy kids from TikTok oh, and no, they start a new music me. career. Oh, that's what no. I want more than anything You're right now. You're making me nauseous. The soda isn't working. You're gonna give me diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> so. Everybody- about Rob Lowe. They never talk about Chad Lowe. Chad Lowe. <laughs> uh, Chad is a horrible name, let's just be honest. Now, Jeremy, you, uh, you'll you probably recognize, what would you like to say about this actor who's in it? Uh, Brian James. Uh, my favorite homophobic actor. <laughs> <laughs> I do I, I, I do love Brian James because he uh he just always looks like for I mean he's great in um Blade Runner. He is a legit scary individual just to look at. But you know, Blade Runner's a great movie and all. I'll never forget him for his great role as like the first mate in Cabin Boy. Because he is a ten out of ten in Cabin Boy. Purple Lightning. That's, <laughs> That's a great <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
the rat man in uh, Crime Wave. Yeah, he is the rat man. You know what else? Shout Because I have the Tales from the Crypt collection, he's in a great episode of Tales from the Crypt where he's a lumberjack that eventually gets chopped up inside of his own log. Uh, oh, it's a it's a good story. Let's let's not forget him almost killing uh, uh, Lewis Gossett's kid in uh, Enemy Mine. So. Oh yeah, oh, I forgot about Enemy Mine. The anthrop- anthropomorphic child that he has, even though he doesn't have sex. Mm. I don't even know what anthropomorphic means. Does that mean you don't have sex with anybody? You're hurting your brain, Jeremy. Relax. Um, uh, The last notable one I want to throw out there is uh, Mac McDonald. Uh, Now, Mac McDonald, who plays the New York City policeman in the movie, who's getting his stuff, uh, is best known for playing Captain Frank Hollister on the longtime-running BBC science fiction sitcom Red Dwarf, uh, which he uh, reprised his role in 2017. Let's not forget who runs Hadley's Hope in Aliens. He does run Hadley's Hope in Aliens, too. Uh, so Mac McDonald, though, is it is very funny that he is getting McDonald's, and his name is Mac McDonald in the movie. It's just a fun little coinky dink. I think it's neat. You know, the people that serve you big food at McDonald's in the future are really fucking hot. You think so? Yeah. I'm trying to find the last actor who's the head of the police because he he also is a fascinating person as well. Um, God, where is he? It's not him. It's not him. I can't remember the guy's name because he's, he's dead now. This would be his last movie that he was in. Uh, looking down here. Not him. Is not John Neville. No, no, no. Hold on. Where is that ugly bastard? God, I can't remember the guy's name. So, hold on. I know because he's in Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, though. I'll find it. Watch this. He the juggernaut? No, not that guy. He's the guy who's in... um. In, he's in Snatch. He's also in Lockstock. Lenny McLean. There we go. Now, Lenny oh, McLean. These are horrible names. Le, hey, but <laughs> Lenny McLean, if you ever look up, he's an English. Uh, he was in, he always is, is in um, a lot of Guy Ritchie's movies as like the gangster, like the hardened gangster who just looks scary, uh, which is great because he's actually very, very famous in, in Great Britain. Uh, he was known as the governor. And what he would do, he was a legit bare knuckle boxing champion in England for years and years. And if you ever watch his like things, like there's a couple of his fights on YouTube where he was just like, he's like, some people tell you, you go to box like this and you get in here and you punch him. He's like, what they don't tell you is you tie up and then you headbutt him right in the face or you bite his nose. And he was just like, he's, he's an actual complete psychopath and uh, very fun to listen to uh, in his interviews. So if you ever want to look up and go down a youtube hole check out lenny mclean he's very very uh entertaining uh now jeremy uh you are i think we haven't given you attention for five seconds you've completely taped your face with scotch tape up uh would you like to tell our audience on our on our audio based media this visual joke you're doing i'm getting bored (laughs) you didn't want to hear about lenny mclean oh no, let's let's make more dick jokes. Aww. <laughs> Is your autism acting up? That's adorable. Well, My autism's acting up on cloudy time, <laughs> and I'm drinking a lot. Yeah. 
Uh, <laughs> um, I'm tying it in the thing with, uh, you know, taping and taping one's body. And, well, and hey, if we're taping. allowed to multitask, I'm going to wax my mustache. Boo, keep it. I'll be watching even though people are talking. Um, so, uh, other little fun facts about it, cause I'm not going over every part of this movie. Uh, so the, I think the, the man, uh, what are they called? The Mangalore, the alien race that is uh, in conflict trying to get the stones as well. Uh, now they, they're the animatronic mechanisms used for those, uh, aliens masks were later recycled for the, uh, the Nemodians, uh, in star Wars episode one, the phantom menace. So another kind of thing sounds like a modium. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing uh, of Star Wars stealing stuff from people—it's great. Uh, and I wait, what, Eric? White men stealing stuff? No, <laughs> not us. Oh, um, I thought of like a cool uh, T-shirt idea. It's like a ghost, and it says "Boo cocky." <laughs> I totally <laughs> made it up myself. I hate you both. Ch- check it out on Ashley's store. Good plug for Ashley's store. Go pick up a, a boo cocky shirt. Uh, it's good stuff. Um, By the way, I had to explain uh, Tom Brokaw saying the word bukkake to my wife the other night. So I was very <laughs> proud of myself. I think I always thought bukkake was just like ghosts that are overconfident, you know? And of course, my <laughs> wife bukkake <laughs> is because she's actually not a filthy human being. I was like, honey, you don't want to know what bukkake means. She's like, Oh, and she then she reads the definition out loud. I was like, there you go. Things you didn't need to know in life, you know, like uh, um, uh, rusty trumpets. The so. best way oh, well, to- I have. I have another definition for Eric. It's bukkake. And that's whenever Eric premature ejaculates on his work pants. <laughs> <laughs> I think the best way to describe Bukaki without being totally disgusting is just show how Krispy Kreme donuts are made, and then you'll understand. It's the best way to show, I think. I don't even understand the word premature ejaculation because I ejaculate exactly when I want to. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I was listening to a. Uh, uh, Patrice O'Neill the other day, an old Patrice O'Neill bit where he talks about, he was just like, this guy had dick control. He said, give me any number and I'll come on that number. And he's just like a thousand. And this motherfucker, I watched him. He counted down each stroke. And then on the last one, he finished. And he was just like, I thought I could do that. I got with the old lady. And she was like, give me a number. She gave me a thousand. I was like, 999, hurry up. <laughs> Like, damn, I still did it. It was fast, though. <laughs> well, I don't have come, but I do get periods. And just like Lord of the Rings, a period is never late and never early. A period arrives just when it means to. Oh, very nice. <laughs> um, I think the rule of thumb is that uh, I come twice and then the third time I just pretend as if I came. So Yeah, yeah it's just a bang flag that comes out. Just <laughs> Like this, it's like it's like vomiting. You know, it's all you feel like you're vomiting, but you can't vomit anything up. <laughs> That's really upsetting. Yeah. It's probably the worst thing you've ever said, and you've said some really <laughs> horrible foul shit. Well, you know, after the second time I vomited on her back, she doesn't want me to vomit on her back anymore. So <laughs> I'm gonna kill myself. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh man, we're having a good show here. I'm vomiting on her back. So, but all right. <laughs> so the, uh, uh, I guess the last really only fun fact I have about this movie is uh, uh, the number five appears in the movie on several occasions. There are five elements, of course. Uh, Corbin Dallas's license has five points left on it when it starts. Zorg uh, stops the bomb at exactly five seconds remaining on the timer, and the Mandalore's bomb starts with the exact same five-second timer. Uh, Ruby, uh, near the end of the movie, after the alien planet is stopped says hey man there's a bomb blowing up every five minutes and uh the doctor at the end says that lilo and corbin are going to need five more minutes uh inside there and uh they show the clock and it's five o'clock currently so ooh, I'd fives also, everywhere. i'd also like to give a send up to that uh that natalie um portman film when she finds out that the guy really is the devil because Instead of, of course, at, at five o'clock and 55 minutes, and then the, the clock changes to 666, and she realizes he really is the devil. Oh. <laughs> I don't remember even what movie you're talking about right now. It was a movie where he finds out he's the devil. Okay. Like, like, all right, well that's fair enough. Um, but yeah, the, I I I overall love how this movie looks. The aesthetic is really really cool. Um, I to me, uh, you know, I didn't realize the uh, the original comics that they pulled it for, like mostly Valerian. I always thought it looked very much like Frank Miller's uh, Hard Boiled, which Jeremy put me on to uh, some time ago. Looks very much like Hard Boiled, I think. But obviously they just stole from that. Um, everything is from everything. Nobody has an original idea anymore. But this turned out to be a phenomenal film. You guys got anything else? What, did, what Ashley, your final thoughts on The Fifth Element. Um, so I was uh, too young when this movie came out again. Like, <laughs> I'm the youth of the podcast. Um, but it's, it's a good, it's a good film. Would I say it's in my top, like top 10 no not really it's it's a it's a different piece i i don't hate it there's a lot of stuff to like about it but it's almost too out there for me it's very hard to kind of follow what this movie is um i know that makes it special but i just don't like bruce willis he reminds me of a dirty q-tip i just don't Aww. like bruce He's an everyman's man that's incredibly handsome and bald. He made bald. He was the first bald, sexy guy, you know? He's not sexy. Oh, I don't know. I think I think you'd probably be, if you took a poll, you'd be in the minority that thought that. Eric, I'm in the minority with every feeling I have. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jeremy, what's, what's your final thoughts on the fifth element? I am so glad that I had never seen Dazed and Confused, and but I had seen most of this, and I had never seen the first five minutes of the film, and literally until yesterday. Uh, the other b best thing is that I think that between this and uh, Zoolander, Mila Jovovich is best, the best actress ever. You know, better than Meryl Streep, better than uh, Kathy Bates, because I literally thought that she was actually a foreigner. She's literally a California girl with Polish parents. So <laughs> freaking foreign to begin with. So she just speaks. Know. Oh, she speaks with an accent for no reason. Like in her interviews. I don't like exactly. it. Exactly. California girl. Ugh, just like Alec Baldwin's wife. God, she's the, the worst. Thing, the other thing is I, I really want them to redo this movie 
and when they redo it they literally uh go to that magic throne room like in indiana jones but on the four pillars they take little cars of of uh, Honda elements and put them on Oh the the next one is the four is the the fifth Honda element <laughs> it's, oh. it's Mila Jolovich's face just on the front hood of it like I am the fifth element <laughs> Look at all this trunk space <laughs> Oh it was a great SUV so that's my take on this movie. Please put in your multipass so we can drive to the thing <laughs> My wife bought a Honda Fit Ugh, <laughs> I don't <laughs> Honestly, Jeremy, you driving something called a fit is very funny. There's a there's hey, a look, lot of irony there. A Honda Fat. So. <laughs> I was gonna say she bought a Honda Fit because if it don't fit, she's gonna quit on your marriage. I'm so sorry. This is the last thing before she leaves. Don't fit. It always fits. If, it's never a problem. So. It's never a problem. <laughs> oh man. Uh, no, I and I I personally love this movie. It holds a special place in my heart. I remember I owned it on VHS for a long time, uh, and I definitely had watched it on multiple occasions. Uh, it, and it's not. You're right. It's not a groundbreaking film in terms of just like how nothing from The Fifth Element you, you look at is like wow. But it is just a fun movie, and sometimes science fiction can just be fun and be what it is. And I think this is a perfect example of it. I was. I hope Luke Bassat. Uh, comes back and and brings us back into this fifth element world. I think there's some other cool stories they could tell within it. Say what? Can I ask how many times you masturbated to this movie? So Mila, so Mila Jolovich, uh, she she doesn't do it for me. She doesn't move the needle. Now, if you ask me how many times I've jerked off to the movie The Cell, it's a lot. Um, wow. So hey, you put. Hey, what's his name? D'Onofrio is fucking hot. Yeah, I mean, that scene where he nuts while he's hanging from all those hooks, ooh, nothing gets me off like that. Um... (laughs) Wait, so you have like an Uncle Fester fetish? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, and maybe. Um... He's just hot about women drowning that makes him hot. So. No, the cell. The, I think the cell is one I'd like to do someday. It's not I on my short list. I like the cell a lot. A lot of people shit on it. it too. I hey, it's oh. right here. It's right up here too. Oh. Yep. Yeah. Honestly, it's Prince one of the few cells. It's one of the few J Lo movies I don't hate either because she's done some terrible movies. Yeah, you're not a big Made in Manhattan fan. Fucking hate that movie. Nancy <laughs> watches it all the time, and I'll go over to their house to do laundry, and she'll be watching it again. So I'll let one of her dairy products sit out on the counter so it goes bad sooner. I, thought, just- I thought the montage at the end of the cell where she's singing with all the cast and crew of "I'm Just Jenny on the Block" was unnecessary. I'm just, I'm just Jenny from the block. I was stuck in a serial killer's head a lot, but now I know where I came from. <laughs> The girls, the girls are chained up, and they're like, "Let's get loud! Let's get loud!" 
Oh, uh, so all that and a bag of potato chips. Ashley, where can people find you at? Oops, I did the wrong song. There we are. <laughs> so you can always find me online at Ashley Pontius Laughs. Uh, this coming week, you can catch me in D.C. with Justin Seagate. I can never get his name right. I believe on Wednesday the 17th. And then you can catch me uh, getting into bar fights at a show November 23rd in Hagerstown. Fuck yeah, turn up. Um, you can catch all things Eric Comedy at ericcomedy.com, Eric with a K. There's links to our store and all types of shit there. Um, I will have shows again coming up uh, in early December. Thank you, Miss Ashley. I'm doing a show with Ryan Lina up uh, uh, December 3rd, I believe. So stay tuned for that. Jeremy, take us out. Kill somebody. Sorry, pal. Did you have to end with a reference from the Die Hard trilogy game from PlayStation 1? God, I hate you. Uh- <laughs>